but so far the 15-year-old is refusing to cooperate. Investigators have searched his home. and They also spent the night here at the high school looking for clues, but a motive is still unclear. In Arizona, a Tucson police officer has been fired after he was accused of shooting and killing a shoplifting suspect in a wheelchair. Ryan Remington's attorney, Mike Story. These were cut and pasted videos which showed about 20% of what actually happened. Russia's just announced U.S. diplomats will have to leave the country by the end of the month. Comes a day before a meeting between U.S. and Russian officials. The U.S. and its allies have become increasingly concerned with Russia's behavior, especially its buildup of troops along Ukraine's border. Many of the nations gathered here in Riga have expressed their worries. Secretary of State Blinken will now meet with the Russian foreign minister tomorrow in Sweden. After his talks with the Ukrainian foreign minister. Ukraine has been calling for more sanctions on Russia. Cami McCormick, CBS News, Riga, Latvia. It survived pandemics, recessions, and world wars. A pristine copy of the book New Chronicles of Rebecca is turned up at a library in Boise, Idaho. It was checked out 110 years ago. A spokeswoman says they have no idea who returned it or where it had been. This is CBS News. Fever is the number one COVID symptom, so be safe with an accurate thermometer. Only Exergen has proven accurate in more than 100 studies. Learn more at exergen.com. Hundreds of thousands of people have said goodbye to their overpriced Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile plans and switched to Pure Talk on the same great 5G coverage as one of those carriers. Get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. The average family is saving over $800 a year. Just dial pound 250 and say Jill 50 to save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250. Say Jill 50. Hammering headaches? Ow. Aching muscles? Ah, ah. Put the squeeze on your tough pain with Goodies Cool Orange. The same fast-acting, powerful Goodies powder in a great-tasting Cool Orange flavor. Beat tough pain to a pulp with Goodies Cool Orange. Also, blast your pain away with Goodies Mixed Fruit Blast. Two flavors, tough on pain, tasty on your tongue. Ah, we made Goodies fast, Goodies delicious. All available at Walmart. Here's something new to keep kids fit. You've heard of Peloton, but what about Pelican? Hey team, it's your trainer, Denny. Who's ready to go on another bike adventure? Toymaker Little Tykes just launched a new kid-sized stationary bike called Pelican for three to seven-year-olds. It looks a lot like the adult version too, with Bluetooth capabilities and a tablet so kids can follow along with their own instructors on YouTube. You are doing awesome. The mini spin bike's going for about 150 bucks on several retail sites. Fisher Price has sold a similar version for years. Both are much cheaper than a real Peloton, which can cost about $2,000. Monica Ricks, CBS News. A best-selling author's apologizing to a man who spent 16 years in prison for a rape he didn't commit. Alice Siebold told the story of her rape in her memoir Lucky. The man she accused, Anthony Broadwater, was released in 1998. Last week, a judge in Syracuse, New York, ruled the case was deeply flawed and threw out the conviction. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSConsumeraccess.org number 3030. You love Zoom for video meetings? Now, choose Zoom to power your phone communications too. Zoom Phone works seamlessly within the Zoom app as your business phone system. Zoom Phone's secure HD audio and enterprise-grade reliability keep you connected to your teams and your customers. And it's easy to use on mobile, desktop, or desk phone. Empower your workforce with Zoom Phone. Zoom. How the world connects. I don't know if you've heard, but the CNE New Plains has been sold. Hello, this is Tyler. My wife Misty and I are the proud owners of the newly remodeled, fully stocked, and completely updated True Value Hardware and Farm in the Plains. So we invite you to stop on by. Take a look around for your home, hardware, outdoor power equipment, ranching, and farm hobby needs. And as always, thank you for shopping local. 
My name is Micah. I'm the Dementia Inclusive Coordinator and Project Specialist for Athens County Cares. I became involved with this project because I want members of my community to have access to the resources they need. My father-in-law had dementia. He and my mother-in-law moved in with us. As caregivers, we struggled to find information and resources to help him and us. The Athens County Care Consultation Program is what I wish we had when we were caring for him. For more information, visit AthensCountyCares.org. Some say we've lost our touch, that we don't build things with lasting detail, or worse, that we just don't bother. Really, we the people who built a country, who rely on ourselves to get things done, well, there's really only one way to tell if we've lost our grip. Next time you see someone wearing Carhartt, just shake their hand. Max Thrifty Shop, 940 East State Street, 592-3773. Hey, it's Boots. We'll talk holiday travel, visit a Corvette museum, and live the life of a tow truck driver. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. The high school basketball season has returned and our first broadcast of the season is this Friday. The Athens Bulldogs look for their first win of the season home against the Galley Academy Blue Devils. Bulldog basketball on the radio is sponsored by Stop and Cup, CNE Hardware and Outdoors, Matthews Insurance, Integrated Services, Wendy's, Donato's, and Hewite Honda of Athens. Broadcast starts around 7.15 on 970 97.1 FM WATH online at 970WATH.com. Have you heard of Project RISE? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project RISE. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project RISE will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Wow, look at that sunshine out there, even though it's only 30 degrees. Headed up to 47 today. But tomorrow they say 62. Guess I'll be doing yard work tomorrow. It's the party line. And we have a guest today. We're going to learn about animals, right? Or rather, pets. Shelly Lieberman joins us this morning. I don't know if there's um, anything more important to me than my pets. Um, well, certainly my spouse. But um, you know what I mean? It's just so, it's so deep, a part of you. I, you know, to not have the dogs next to us at night in the bed, you know? <laughs> it's so cool. Shelly, good morning. Good morning. And welcome. Thank you for having me. You, um, you are, of course, the owner of Friendly Paws Pet Supply and Grooming, and uh, you're an advertiser, and, uh, but I've known you for years, and uh, yet I get to ask you all sorts of questions today, and I may not know many of the answers. It's, it's just kind of interesting. So, life in Athens, you know, you were born here, right? I was actually born in Middletown, Ohio, but have okay. been here since I was two or three. Yeah, yeah. may as well be. Yes. And, and tell us what brought you to Athens as a child. 
Um, well, my parents met here at OU, and then um, after they had me, they moved back here. Yeah? Yeah. And um, uh, let's talk a little bit about your folks. So um, professionally, what was their thing? Well, my mom worked basically as an educator in a, do- in a number of different ways and, and positions. Yeah. And my dad, as I believe you know, owned Swankies, which everybody always is excited about that. Yeah. And, and then he ended up being a um, nursing home administrator for oh. most of his career. What a just you know what a difference in uh, <laughs> yeah. careers. You know? Well, he was the daytime guy at Swankies. He wasn't there at night, so he was the business guy. There you go. Yeah. And and uh, you know what about um, um, how do I want to say this? Is there, uh, were there other places you wish you could have lived, or were you just really thrilled with being here? Oh, well, I left Athens after um, grad school, and I went to Atlanta and moved there with with only a place to live and not a job, um, To because my master's degree was basically like a sports marketing degree. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I went there because I knew the Olympics were going to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, in 96 and I went there in 94, 94, 95. And um, yeah, so I ended up working in sports. I actually got a list. I don't think you can still do this today, but I got a list of OU alumni living in Atlanta that worked in sports. And I just started cold calling. One of the calls that I made was to Dean Taylor, who was the GM for (laughs) the Braves. And he basically, um, you know, got me an interview. And uh, so I got in there on a, you know, quite low level, but in a very fun capacity for the Braves and worked for them for three years while I also worked um, for the Georgia Dome and I did marketing stuff for the Hawks and had a grand old time in Atlanta. Well, you know, and I know you know, uh, for 17 years I had the Copperheads. Yes. And the uh, large um, internship staff that we had, uh, which uh, generally um, the most you would get them is maybe two or three seasons, and then they'd be moving on, uh, graduating and so on. And these are uh, graduate students and undergraduate both. Um, They, where they are today, And they keep in touch. And the positions they hold, it's something to be very proud of. In Ohio University, of course, its sports administration program ranked the number one in the world. And it's gone through some changes since I, you know, I basically did that program without officially doing the program. And, um, you know, now there's, it's through also with the College of Business. It's a great program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, it, we sort of passed by, though. The, 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 uh, what were some of your things, uh, I want to say activities, during high school days and things like that? Did you participate in sports yourself? I did. I played softball, and I actually was, at the time, the only girl on the hockey team, ice hockey team. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I started hockey when I was eight, and um, played through my junior year of high school. Well, um, you know, my granddaughter, Sedona, and for that matter, her younger brothers, too, uh, they're all big in hockey. They, they started here, and now they're in uh, Ch- um, Chesapeake, Virginia, doing it in oh. a big way. So, um, Yeah, it's great to see so many girls playing now. I used to be a fan of hockey and never missed a game at OU or what was the name of that hockey, um, uh, the uh, Blue Line Boosters. Oh, yeah. 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 Our family was the Blue Line Boosters. Sure. (laughs) Well, I didn't know that part. That's that's neat. So um, animals, though. You know, friendly paws, pet supplies, and grooming. Tell us the history of that store. 
you now you're the you're the second owner, right? No, I think I'm the fourth or fifth owner. No kidding. Yes, it's been here for 37 years. And it was um, opened in the same location but closer to the street on East State Street in like a cement building um, by, oh gosh, she was, I always forget her name. Um, George, is there a Georgina who was a mayor in... It sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, so she she opened it back in 84. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and she had it for a number of years. And actually, um, folks who may know Nanette Rourke, she worked there for a number of years. She's She works with Dr. Stacy Rourke now. And, um, and then, yeah, there was a, there was a woman named Sarah and then Chuck and Judy Woodall. Oh, yeah. And then their niece, Michelle, and I purchased it from Michelle. Well, I had no idea. Um, we are. But, um, you know, when I go in there, um, I'm just amazed at um, the number of people that are coming and going, coming and going, getting supplies, getting grooming done, nails trimmed, all that sort of thing mm-hmm. that I know. And then others that I recognize, but I may not know them personally, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's really cool. And And um, your staff does such a nice job. Now, what about you and animals? Let's have a little history here. When was you, what, what, can you recall having pets as a child? Yes, yes, definitely. And, and were they all... Cats or dogs, or did you have any unique ones? We had no unique pets. Okay. <laughs> we had cats and dogs. My first pet was a dog named Al, um, who was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So. And w- w- were you into special breeds, or, w- or were they just dogs? No, we always rescued, which is great, yeah. which I'm happy about. So that, uh, yep, they they all either showed up or came from shelters. Now, we, um, and my audience, I think, knows uh, I talk about them often. Um, One of our two is named Hope. And um, now Hope had been struck by a car somewhere out toward Gloucester and was laying in the ditch. And some people came along, and finally someone stopped to see if it was possibly still alive. And it was. And they got the, I don't know, friends of the shelter, or somebody got involved mm-hmm. real quickly. Got him up to Ohio State University, did the vet school, where they uh, determined that he had to lose one of his front legs and... Um, I'm, I'm, I said he, it's a she, and um, and recovered from a lot of surgery. Yes. And I actually pe- people yeah. gave money. Yeah. There was a campaign, and uh, I remember Susie Draw, um, George Draw, of course, hosted this show for years, uh, but his daughter. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell that story in a bit. So. Then the family up on, um, oh, not Longview, but up there somewhere, um, fostered Hope through I think it was Tina Scott. That's right. Yep. Tina Scott and, uh, oh, his name I've forgotten too. Anyway, they, they fostered the animal, and then we lost uh, to just age. A dog that needed to be put to sleep. That's always so difficult a decision. And uh, so we were looking for a replacement. And I don't know. It might have been you that told us about uh, Hope. And uh, so we met them at their home and got to know Hope and said yes. (laughs) 
She's a sweetheart. Oh, my. Um, she's a, I'm going to call it a pit bull mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is the most loving, sweet thing. Um, and has three legs. Yes. Makes her rather distinctive. And uh, I remember the first time I walked her down the street after we got her, Susie Draw comes running out of the house saying, that's Hope. <laughs> I gave money for Hope. Aww. You know? Yeah, and that's o- great. And it's happened other places, too. And they posted Facebook p- pictures when we adopted her. And so we might, we might go into uh, one of the local restaurants, right? And someone would say, Oh, you have hope, <laughs> you know. You're you're famous. Yeah, it was kind of so unexpectedly cool. And um, there's lots of stories like that. And fostering, I think that would be difficult to do. I, mean, I guess we've done it twice ourselves, but it it always, you know, you don't want to give them up. I know it's such a needed needed thing though one of the one of the things that I always say to people who say that is that as long as you believe in the organization finding them a home then you should you should be okay you know like it's it's hard but as long as you know they're making good decisions about where these animals are going then it makes it a lot easier and it's such a needed service um, all the time in every community across the country now Scott each morning of course gives the uh by the way, Scott's behind you there. I know. <laughs> uh, I hear him uh, rustling papers and stuff. Um, S- Scott, um, you give that. Um, Just uh, so you know, there's no papers back here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you know the lost and found pet report, and and. Um, he uh, does our pet of the week. Also, talk about. Um, the fact that right now the shelters are like overflowing. They are. And and now why why do you think that is? Is it COVID? Is it um what what what's going on? Well, I do think uh, some of it is and maybe all of it. I don't, you know, can't really say for sure is just that folks, you know, at the beginning of COVID, everybody was home and adopting and maybe not training and um, and now they're back at work, and I guess, you know, for some people, animals are disposable, unfortunately, and so they're relinquishing the dogs that they just got a, like a year ago, and it's, it's quite sad and frustrating. Well, you know, I just looked at my notes here, and I sort of skipped over something, and I want to backtrack, and then we'll move on. Education. Okay, you was Ohio, you mentioned you had sports marketing. Right. I went to OU as an undergrad and then also for my master's degree. And both be, um so undergrad degree communications. Was, okay. And then sports marketing in the uh, I kind of just made my own degree. Okay. Yeah. Um now jobs you've held before this Right. Um, one of my special places in my life, and I used to own a radio station in Norfolk, is, um, oh, shucks. William and Wh- Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> um, and William and, Mem- and Mary, uh, that college is so important to me. Um, you, you worked there. I did. I was an associate director of alumni for the College of William and Mary. And um, we were just talking about Barry Adams, Adams, mm-hmm. who is a wonderful mentor, and had been here with the advancement office or development. I guess they called it back. He then. was actually alumni. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and that he just passed. Right? Yeah, he passed in October, actually on my birthday. Oh my. Yeah. Well. Um, so tell us about some of these experiences a little bit. Right. So, well, really, after I left the Atlanta, I ended up in Denver, 
would not. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. And then I and there I worked for an adoption agency for humans, um, doing and boys and girls clubs doing fundraising huh. things. Yeah. But well, okay. Let me back up. In Atlanta, I also worked for Georgia Tech in athletic fundraising. So that's how I kind of ended up in athletic fundraising, or in fundraising. Went to went to you know Denver, did those, and then um, from there I ended up in, at William and Mary with working for Barry, um, doing the alumni work there, which was wonderful. I got to travel kind of the world doing mm -hmm. that job, taking alumni on trips, that sort of thing. Um, and then I wanted to get closer to home and ended up at the College of Business here at OU, doing same thing, fundraising, but within the College of Business and alumni development. Now, I'm sure you know my daughter, Jack. I do. And uh, her duties are very similar to what you're describing. Uh, with uh, Well, she works for the entire university. She has a much higher pressure job than I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, um, when she started, it was a much smaller department, but now it's huge. Mm -hmm. And that's true of many schools. Well, um uh, w w did you like Williamsburg? I did like Williamsburg. Yeah, I mean, it was a nice little community. It's very much a tourist community. Yes. And I traveled so much for my work that I wasn't really able to get very immersed there. So it made it a little difficult, you know, in that regard. But it's a great little town. Now, what years were you there? Oh, gosh. Um, Roughly. I want to say like 2000 to 2003, something okay. like that. 99, 2003. Yeah. Well, it's um, it is a special place, folks. Um, now, I guess we got to get back to um, really important stuff. Like, do you still ice skate? Oh gosh, I wish I did. I haven't been in a few years. Did, has the Bird Arena ever hosted an adult? Um, Like skate? I, ice hockey. Oh, hockey. Oh, so there are hockey reunions that um, folks do, and there's actually, it's called, I think they're still doing it, the Old Men's League, which when I first moved back, I was invited to, but it's very early in the morning, and I'm really not an early morning person. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we're lucky to have you here now. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, all right. Well, I just, I just wondered. Yeah, no, I, when I first moved back, I went a little bit and I, I like, I used to love to like teach kids how to, because I did that too. And, I, and at OU, I taught the ice skating classes and I taught kids how to skate and I coached the little boys hockey. And, um, so I enjoy that. Um, it's kind of boring for me to just skate around in a circle. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I agree. Well, let's, let's get back to the, the heart of the matter. There are, golly, so many stores that sell you know, pet food. Mm -hmm. And, um... We've got a few of them right across the street. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, really, uh, almost every store, even, even, um, what do I want to call it, gas stations and right. things like that. Why do you think people are so inclined to support your store? Well, I think we have a really great, maybe rather unique community that, no like places the importance on local and some of the places you're mentioning are not you know um and so they make an effort number one to do that which we are so grateful for but i mean i will also say you know that i have i research i'm i'm very involved in everything every you know i choose everything that we sell in our store i refuse to sell things that i don't think are good for pets and I train my staff with that same information. So when you come into our shop, we can really guide you and give good recommendations versus just showing you where something is. Now, when you say things that are only good for pets. Well, so like, for instance, I don't sell rawhide. Rawhide can, you know, definitely get blocked in a dog. And it's and especially this time of year. Listen up. Don't give your dog all those huge rawhides for Christmas. They okay. can really cause problems. Um, yeah, things like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. String um, toys, rope toys I don't sell because so many of them chew them up and get them in their intestines and have to have emergency surgery. 
that sort of thing. Now, um, grooming. Yes. Now, in my life, um, we've had many dogs, um, but I don't really recall one that needed special grooming. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just never, it's never been uh, the type of dog we've had. Right. Um, generally, I could bathe the dog or my parents. Um, nail trimming. Um, I used to do myself until Hope came along. <laughs> yeah, Hope was uh, a challenge. <laughs> yeah, because Hope is a little fearful of his his remaining front leg. Well, and also, you know, you have to lift up a paw so she's off balance. Yes. And, you know, it's a whole thing. And, uh, in fact, I used to, uh, your gals have got it all figured out now, but yep. I used to have to go in and hold Hope while yeah. we did it. Yeah, right. Um, but the, this grooming thing, um, there are many breeds that require specific types of grooming. Um, now you can let them go, but, um, boy, they do look cool when they've been groomed. Right. And, um, and then there's some people that don't have the ability to bathe the dog. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're pleased to bring them in, um, now, are we talking just about dogs, or have you ever had a, another kind of animal that needed breeding? Uh, not breeding, but grooming. <laughs> grooming. Well, so, I mean, predominantly, we are dogs. And I will just also say, you know, with dogs that need haircuts, if you don't brush them all the time or cut them, they will be matted. And then matting um, hurts their hurts them. It, it cuts off circulation on the skin, that sort of thing. So that's why grooming is important for a number of breeds. Um, but we have, um, I'm trying to think <laughs> we've done, so our previous groomer, Rebecca, she did cats, um, which is not all that unique, but, but we did cats and we, now what do you do with a cat? Well, groom it? it's a whole special, special thing. It just depends on the kitty, but it can be done it as long as certain look, cats. Or are we just talking oh, about bathing? Mostly, mostly for long hair cats. So again, if they get matted like okay. trying to prevent that or fix that um, by shaving them down. Yeah. And we do some rabbit nail trims. Um, I don't think we've had like, I mean, I'm surprised we haven't, but we haven't had like any goats or anything like that in there. For April Fool's one day, I posted a picture of us doing a sheep, but it wasn't true. So. <laughs> well, 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 okay. What about... Okay, this kind of leads me into a question I have farther down my list here, but unusual animals. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I know of um, some people who, um, and years ago when I was um, tech director at Playhouse on the Green in Columbus, we, uh, everybody that worked there, the, the carpenters, the maintenance guys the uh, actors and actresses we each had a pet guinea pig <laughs> and we built out of scrap lumber this huge maze and they would run around in it and it was it was the, the common thing amongst the entire organization did you do this all on your own or did you decide to get guinea pigs i don't remember how it started Okay. <laughs> but they had done it uh, a couple years before I joined them, and then I ended up getting a guinea pig to add to the mix. Okay. And, and then later on, when I was kind of in charge of things, it had just blossomed. This maze was amazing. <laughs> okay. Now, why did I start this? Okay, guinea pigs. Yeah. Um, I think we've done guinea pigs, actually. Okay. Now, are, are we talking about... Um, you know, what, what are some of the kinds of unusual animals that you have had come through the doors? Um, How about birds? You know, we did actually have someone bring their goat into the store. It wasn't for grooming, but they brought their goat into the store, a baby goat, which and, is very and, cute. 
the were they trying to find I think they just came in they probably had dogs too I don't think I was there I just got to see the picture afterwards um yeah we don't really have people bring in you know maybe you need you ought to get the guys from fish and stuff to come in they can probably tell you some more unique um pets because we're pretty much dogs and cats but they do everything Forgive me, fish and fish stuff? and stuff. It's over on Station Street, so they have fish and stuff. Oh, oh, oh! And yeah. um, I know where we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, sure. Yep. So they—that's where we send everyone near, near Louie Louie, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So that's where we send everyone who comes in with questions we don't know. Okay. Well, um, what is the oddest pet you've ever had? I have not had have an you, odd pet. Have you ever enjoyed a bird? Oh. Well, that's not very odd, but yeah, we had I had a parakeet when I was a kid. Yeah, okay. I did. Now I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated with the larger birds. Yeah. And um, but but you know they they live to be seventy years or they have this tremendously long lifetime. They do. And you always wonder. What if if something happens to you? What will happen to the bird? You gotta have a will like you do for kids yeah. yeah actually i don't know if you know dory glover but dory glover had a bird store here in athens when i was a kid she was a very close family friend and she had a number of the bigger birds like that exotic birds I exotic yes it. well um what, what what is it about pets and people um have you ever I'm sure this has been unfortunate if it has happened, but have you ever had someone you said to yourself, they shouldn't own an animal? Mm. Yeah. Because they just, maybe they aren't being responsible enough. Maybe. There's all kinds of situations, yes. The... um, well, let's see here. With COVID and everything, there's been we hear of hardships in all sorts of different industries and so on. Um, but one of the things that also has been affected has, seems to be the veterinarians. Yes. Why is that? Well, I actually, um, you know, I read an article not too long ago. Basically, vet visits were up. nationwide in 2020. Give me that again. 4.5% vet visits increased in 2020. Okay. Um, Whether that is due to people getting new pets or being home more, so noticing more things wrong with their pets, I'm not sure. Um, But I think it's kind of a perfect storm of um, possibly more pet ownership, less, in some instances, staff, the changes in protocols creating um, difficulties or just changes in general that that took more time to implement. And I will just say, yes, our all of our veterinarians are very overwhelmed and we need to all be very kind to them because they're doing the best that they can. And for instance, the Parkersburg Emergency Center closed due to lack of staff. We It's closed completely? It's closed at least for evening hours. I see. And then the Ohio State Emergency Clinic did the same thing. They're not open for emergency hours currently. Well, what do we do? So I, we have had to yeah. visit uh, the Parkersburg facility mm-hmm. twice it's really hard. over the years. Yeah. So there's Diley Hill and there is MedVet. Well, now Med- Diley Hill is MedVet. Um, and then there's a couple of MedVets in Columbus, but it's very... It's very frustrating for all of us, but it is also frustrating for them. They, you know, didn't want to make these closures and that sort of thing. And it and it's hard because we're talking about lives, you know. Um, but there's also been, you know, veterinarians actually have one, one of the higher suicide rates, uh, including with their vet techs. And so I would just ask people to be kind and try to be understanding when they're dealing with their veterinarians. Wow. It sounds like they're really stressed. They are. Yeah. And uh, suicide rate. I had not heard this. Yeah. Um, I know people do have careers and then 
they retire. And if you've had animals all your life, you get to know them as they have regular treatments or mm-hmm. things like that. And then suddenly you have to find somebody else. Right. It's um, It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Well, but this is not just a local thing. No, this is, this is nationwide. You bet. But it's also very local, especially with the emergency clinics, because we're a small town, so we don't have a, an right. emergency clinic here. Right. So we're relying on all these other cities that are already overwhelmed. It, ma- it makes it hard. We've uh, taken, well, actually, even in the last year, we've had two occasions where we had to take an animal, not necessarily our own, mm-hmm. um, uh, to the Parkersburg facility. Yeah. And uh, they did emergency surgeries. Uh, but it was, um, well, anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, fostering. If uh, someone says, you know, I love animals, I I would love to help animals, even though I have enough of my own. <laughs> um, who who should they talk to to let them let, let them someone know. know that they would be very willing to help out somebody or some animal who needs to be fostered for a while? Right. So that would be um, friends of the shelter dogs for dogs. They have. Um, a, a small foster network and typically it even can be a shorter term foster because they send dogs to a rescue to make room in our shelter so that we can still accept more pets, more dogs. Um, so friends of the shelter dogs, you know, just Google them. That, that would be for dogs. And then the Athens County Humane Society for cats. Um, they're always in need of, of fosters for cats. And now, yeah. Um, Let me see here. Scott, you, you mentioned this morning some number, like they had 37 animals. The dog shelter is totally full. Okay. So if someone brings in another animal, how, what what's done? Well, I mean, I think, I don't know that I can say that for sure, but I know that they they had posted that they were unable to take new relinquishments. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know there was a day, really quite a while ago, when after a certain period of time, there was uh, euthanization, I guess would be the term. Right. Um, the county shelter has done away with that. And um, uh, the equipment and all, it doesn't exist. Well, for uh, the gassing. They got rid of the gas, okay. gas chamber, yes. Okay, so explain what that means. Well, it was just, um, you know, there was there was a gas chamber in there that they would that mm-hmm. use for euthanization. And it's incredibly, you know, just not a great death for animals. And, it, and then I know that they do everything they can not to euthanize at the shelter. You'd have to ask them specifically if they do okay. any euthanization. Well, I, I don't want to get them in trouble at all because yeah. they do great work. <laughs> yes, they do a great job. Um but um, if they're full up, well, you know, what's the next option? Well, that's why Friends of the Shelter Dogs is so important, because they pull dogs and work with a network of rescues to make room in our shelter. It's just not usually at this crisis point. Um, but typically throughout the year, they're able to stay on top of it and um, make room in the shelter as people drop off by sending them to rescues in other parts of the country that are maybe a little more responsible with spaying and neutering. A month and a half or so ago, um, I knew someone who was severely depressed but owned a couple dogs and actually almost came to taking his own life. Mm Mm-hmm. And so um, his friends quickly got him involved, and he was taken to um, 
the hospital and then on up into um, um, a mental health hospital in Dublin, I think, Ohio. Um, and, and is now back on the road to recovery and everything like that. Great. Uh, but he had an animal that uh, needed care instantly. Yeah. And um, the this had happened on a Friday. Saturday, there was an OU ball game, football, at home. And we were entering our normal seats up in the tower. And um, my wife got into a conversation with the woman on the end of the aisle and sort of forgiving us for having to make them stand up while we pass by and that sort of thing. And I don't know how it is, but they got into the conversation about this incident. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I fostered. Oh. And then it turned out that she lived on um, the first house I bought in Athens, right <laughs> next door. Wow. Yeah. Uh, kind of behind Kindred Market. So, um, lucky. By the time um, later that evening, after the game, we got that dog in her care. We then um, had uh, it had all infected front paws, mm -hmm. and we got it to treated by the vet, and um, and then she took care of it for a, a week or so as it healed. And and now the dog is back with his owner. That's fantastic. It's, it, it is kind of an amazing world how people come together over animals. And, and other things, too, for that matter. But fostering. Uh, folks, uh, make yourself known to the friends of the shelter, please. What if the... Um, Let's see here. What about you? What are, do you have any unfulfilled dreams? Boy, that sounds like a sounds serious. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not serious, but I was thinking more like a funny um, cartoon. Oh. Do you have any unfulfilled dreams? Hey, I'm living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. No, I have. I'm having a great time, and it's, I actually have. You know, I've worked in so many different kind of positions, so I feel like I've. I've uh, done a lot of the things that I want to do. I'm going to have to give that. I'm going to have to find some new things. Um, hobbies? Do you? My hobby is sleeping. Sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm getting more and more like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, a nice nap uh, mid-afternoon is helpful. And sometimes I sneak home and do it. Um, okay, now... I, I still, you, you know, we're talking about cats and dogs primarily, but I'm still trying to dig out of your <laughs> head. You know, is there some animal or critter that you would love to try that you've never had the opportunity to do? You know, I, I mean, there's all kinds of animals that I love, but that would be bad for them to be in a... Give me an example. Domestic environment, right? Like, I would love to have a fox, but a fox needs to be loose and wild, you know? And, um, you know, all those kind of, like a tiger, how cool would that be? But that would be dangerous, you know? So, so no, not really. I mean, I think, you know, wild animals belong in the wild. Dogs and cats, things like that belong in, in families. I hate to put you on the spot. Oh, Lord. Do you have a pet? I do. I have um, two cats right now. Okay. So cats. Yeah, I have. Actually, I brought anyone who lis listens who comes to my store. Stretch, who's lived at the store for seven years, um, is now living with me because I had a, a cat pass in May. Mm. So I brought him home, and um, yeah. So and then I have Nova, who is thirteen. And I will probably end up with a dog in the in the spring. My cat that passed in May hated, hated, hated dogs. And she was 15, and I was not going to. She was there first, so I wasn't going to make her live with one of those, one of those dogs. So now, when it comes to, um, I'm going to particularly focus on dogs. When it comes to dogs, is there a breed that you 
Um, I'm all about the mutts, right? Like I, I mean, there are certainly breeds that I think are pretty and that I, you know, love, but it's nothing that I would like seek out specifically. Although I do love beagles. I think beagles are really great. And there's a lots of them in shelters. So if I were going to like specifically look for a breed to rescue, that might be one of them just because I know there's so many to rescue. And a beagle scamp. Yeah. Uh, we named it uh, one when I was um, probably in my uh, 12 to 17 year age group. I, uh, well, what if, like, if you were interviewing you? <laughs> yeah. What have I failed to bring up? Um,. I still think you, I I know you fairly well. I I just can't imagine you not having an unfulfilled dream out there somewhere. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to ski. <laughs> I I like I've never snow skied, even though I lived in Colorado. So I would like to do that sometime. But that's it's not like okay. a career. So, to some people, the name Joe Vording is familiar. If you're a big wintertime sports guy. Or gal, um, Joe Vording and I became uh, friends uh, up in uh, Wyoming when I was going to school up there, and um, he was an Olympic skier. And Thanksgiving, nineteen sixty-eight. 1968, Thanksgiving, you know, school lets out for four or five days, and he said, we're going down to Vail. And um, I had never skied. Vail's, I guess, maybe kind of a scary place to learn, I would think. It's quite high well, there. Well, not when you have a guy that's uh, well, Olympic encouraging skier, yeah. you along. <laughs> yeah. uh, but their lifts, okay, so, the, you know, they have um, a middle zone, a high zone, and then an ultra high zone. And the lifts take you up to whatever level you seek. And the beginners all use the the low zone. Not him. Oh, no. You know, we went to the high zone. Well, if. The highest zone. And then he would try to teach me how to ski. And I was all over the place. <laughs> well, later in the day, um, like when it's getting nightfall, um... You would get on the lifts to go back down the hill, too. Or the mountain, not hill. Well, the lifts broke. So I had to ski all the way down. Oh, no. To the lodge at Vail. And I tell you, by the time I got to the bottom, I had a pretty good idea how to do it. All right. But Joe Vording. Cool and story. We, and, and we did that. Uh, well, I damn near flunked out of uh, Wyoming <laughs> because of that. <laughs> we went so much time down in uh, Vail and Aspen and all that. So gorgeous there. Yeah. What about have you jumped out of an airplane? I'm sorry? Have you jumped out of an airplane? Yes. I want to do that too. I did in the service. Uh, oh. Well, yeah. thank you for your service. Well, it's it was just anyway. Yeah. Um, well, we can arrange that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we can. My brother and I are supposed to do it together. We just haven't done it. Well, I haven't asked about that. What about the family? Yeah. Do you have a brother? I have a brother. He lives in L.A. Whereabouts in L.A.? That's Right in place. L.A., right right downtown. Okay. Yep. So We have a son in Irvine. Okay. Um, That's right, yeah. So, yeah, he's doing good out there. And uh, he, uh, during COVID, he was here for a little bit, unfortunately, during the winter. So he wasn't sold on moving back. What's his thing? He um, is in sales for um, selling selling um, products to different smoke shops and okay. facilities like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, and he's in a band. He loves... He lo what loves, instrument does he play? He plays the drums. Okay. He's a great drummer, actually. Do you play the drums? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I play the drums. Yeah. Well, 
played with the Supremes. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my. Nice. I was the only white uh, Motown <laughs> traveling touring musician. Wow. See, I learned something new. And uh, Stan Kenton, all sorts of people. Cool. Yeah, all he's right. more into the punk rock scene, unfortunately, for yeah, us. Yeah, that wasn't... Uh, that wasn't my side. No. Okay. Well, I just think, I just want to tell you, you guys do a great job. Oh, thank you. I think we all need to be conscious of animals and um, care for them. I, I, again, I hate to repeat myself, but hope and fully are our children now that we're all our children are grown. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they treat us is... Unconditional. Yes. That unconditional term is so, so true. And I can I just say also, you know, you adopted your dogs not as puppies. It can be done and you can still have a wonderful trained pet um, that you get as an adult dog. And there are so many wonderful ones out there looking for homes. And the same goes for the cats. Absolutely. And horses. There's We have a couple of horse rescues here, too, who, same thing, you know, we, we just need good adopters. The, the woman who uh, does alterations at Ambassador Laundry, Sharon, mm. she uh, she works real hard in that horse scene. Yeah. And then I, I guess I shouldn't name one without naming two or three others, but, oh, well, you get the point. Yep. Um, we have a lot of great people in this community doing a lot of great work. Sure. Is there a, an area that needs more attention? You know, very honestly, we just need more spay-neuter. You know, the pet overpopulation is crazy all over this county, especially with cats. And we, we the Humane Society does as much as they can to bring spay-neuter clinics to the community. But with the way veterinary medicine is right now and it being so difficult to get in, we just need more of it. Well... Um, veterinarians, please, we appreciate you <laughs> stick around and help us. <laughs> they, um, uh, you know, just as we have health issues once in a while, so do our animals. They sure do. And they need the best care possible. I'm, I'm really surprised about those emergency clinics, though. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, sad. Too bad. <clears throat> All right, Scott, did I miss anything? Um, one thing I'd like to add, too, and I say this frequently, is that with the cold weather, uh, please check on your outdoor pets. Yes. Make sure that they can get into their shelter. They're not outside shivering, that they have uh, thawed out fresh water because they will dehydrate yep. very quickly. I that, got you. So. Very important. Yes. Shelly, thanks for coming in. <laughs> Shelly Lieberman, folks, uh, owner of Friendly Paws Pet Supplies and Grooming. Thank you, Dave. We'll see you soon. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Both advocates and opponents are watching closely as the Supreme Court begins hearing arguments this hour on Mississippi's law that bans abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The outcome could allow states to outlaw the procedure for the first time since Roe v. Wade. CBS's Steve Dorsey. Elizabeth Nash with the pro-abortion rights Guttmacher Institute says Mississippi's restrictions prevent women faced with required counseling and financing and travel challenges from access. Abortions. All of these things can push a person later into pregnancy so they cannot access an abortion within this 15-week limit. Anti-abortion advocates like former Vice President Mike Pence hope the conservative court not only upholds the law, but strikes down Roe versus Wade. The court's misguided decision has inflicted a tragedy not only on our nation, but on humanity. 
Ireland and South Korea join the growing list of countries documenting their first cases of the new Omicron variant. It showed up in at least 24 nations, but not yet in the U.S. Tomorrow, the Biden administration is expected to announce new restrictions that would require all air travelers to show negative COVID tests taken within a day of entering the country. On this World AIDS Day, the U.N. warns long lines at COVID clinics are keeping people from seeking testing and treatment for HIV and AIDS. Spokeswoman Winnie Bianima. In the few coming years, we might see more deaths, we might see more new infections as a result of these disruptions. Police in Oxford Township, Michigan, say the 15-year-old suspect who killed three high school students used a gun his father purchased on Black Friday. Correspondent Nancy Chen. Police do not yet know the shooter's motive. I have seen him around the school and he's like, he's a kid. You know, he's the regular kid that goes to school. Treshawn Bryant, a senior, said the suspect had been bullied and he stayed home from school after hearing threats about a possible shooting. Police in the South say the case of a dishonest delivery driver was much worse than first reported. CBS's Jim Crisula. Investigators now say an unidentified FedEx driver dumped packages into a ravine outside Coleman, Alabama, north of Birmingham, at least six times. More than 400 discarded parcels were discovered last week. The Blount County Sheriff's Office says it will take time to sort out the mess. Charges are possible.